Today's episode is going to be incredible. I am here with my beautiful co-host, Holly Carpenter. Holly, Ooh, welcome. I'm beautiful. Thank you. Are you are. Child of God. Beautiful. <laughs> and we're just going to be talking today about something that's really intrinsically important. And I think it's really important that the church gets this right. And I think it's really important that we get to talk about it. And so every woman has got this journey that God's walking them through. And though we may not always feel like the path that he's given us is the path that we would have chosen, what's beautiful is that the more we get to know God, the more we trust in his goodness, the more we trust those paths that he's asking us to walk. And so today we've got a good friend of mine, Lindsay, and she's going to be here discussing kind of some of the lessons that she's learned throughout her journey of singleness. And so just as we navigate the ups and downs of Lindsay's story, I think our prayer for you today, ladies, is that no matter what life stage you're in, you're going to leave today with this deeper desire to know God and to follow him wherever he has you, not just out of this rote obedience, but out of the fact that he has your best at his heart and he is worthy of your trust. So I'm excited. So good. So I think that brings up a great point, Kelly. Let's just frame this interview. Let's set up the episode, let women know what they're going to be hearing and and how we hope they respond to it. So I just have two questions for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one that I have is you kind of touched on this, you know, church culture, society. There's so many things that speak into singleness today. And sometimes that message inadvertently says that we should pity singles or that singleness is not something to be desired. And so I know around here, we often say singleness is a gift. And that's a common phrase that's heard. Sometimes it's encouraging. I know there's days where I hear that as a single woman and I get discouraged. Sometimes I think, hey, I want a gift receipt for that gift so that I can return it and exchange it for something else. I'm giving it back. Um, And so to women who haven't heard that, or maybe women who are discouraged by hearing that singleness is a gift, what do you hope that this episode has in store for them? Oh, my word. I think to answer that question, I have to go back to when I was growing up. I was a church girl through and through. And when we would encounter women who were maybe more advanced in years and were single, there would become this like hushed tone kind of almost of like, oh, that's like so-and-so. She's like still single, you know, and it was this (laughs) feeling of like almost what you just said. It was pity. And I believe so strongly That if we believe Jehovah Jireh, our provider, has laid down where we're supposed to walk, that whatever he's given us, be it hard or glory-filled, sacrifice or blessing, we need to walk strongly in it. And we need to encourage our sisters who are also walking alongside us in it that it is to be venerated. It is to be honored. And so I'm excited about changing the church conversation around this topic that there's not pity involved. And Holly, I believe in it so much that when I tuck my two daughters into bed at night, I don't pray simply just for their spouse, their future spouse someday. And I'm not saying that that's wrong if any of you out there do that, but I pray, I say, God, in whatever you have for them, be it a spouse or a life of singleness dedicated to you, let them run with perseverance, Mm -hmm. the race that's set out for them. So I I care so much about this that it's changed how I disciple my girls. And my hope would be that it might ask Some of us might ask ourselves that question today of like, man, how, what message am I giving to my children, to my friends, to the world about what it means to be single? And so maybe we're going to redefine some of that today, and maybe we're going to just take a little bit different look at it. And I think that's a perfect segue into my second question. You as a married woman, this topic still speaks to you. It still influences you and how you raise your daughters. And so for the married women, for the engaged women, the the dating women, women who are listening to this today that um, maybe don't resonate with the singleness, what do you hope is in store for them? I think two things. I think one, my prayer would be that we remember that life is about constantly a departure and not an arrival. 
And so for all of us, no matter what life stage we're in, you know, oh, once I get married, then I'll feel this. And then once you get married, you're like, well, once I have children, then I'll feel this. And once you have children, you're like, once I get rid of the children that I now have, (laughs) then I'll feel. And once you get married and you've been in it for a while, you're like, I actually don't know if I want this anymore. And that if we live our life waiting for this arrival, we're going to be disappointed every single time. And so kind of that we change our framework to be like, man, Lord, where are you asking me for a departure in my life so that I can trust you for wherever you have me right now? And then the second thing I hope is that we reframe just how we think about the idea that God may be handing you something that you didn't ask for, maybe a part of that path. Like I struggled pretty deeply with depression for about 18 months. How could I, in the midst of it, not just hindsight's twenty twenty, but in the midst of it, looked at it differently and gone, man, that felt too heavy to bear, but the Lord gave it to me. And so I want to walk strongly in the midst of it. So good. So whether it's singleness or some other life circumstance that you had wished the Lord hadn't given you, but you have, or you wish the Lord had given you, but you don't have, there's something to learn. Yes. So good. All right, ladies, now let's take a listen to our interview with Lindsay. Okay, ladies, well, let's welcome our friend Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. We want everyone to hear just a little bit about you before we get started. So tell us some of your passions, your history, what brings you joy in life. Let us know a little bit about you. Awesome. Well, first, I just want to thank you for having me here. It's an honor to get a chance to share my story. Um, It's probably interesting about me that I was born and raised in Dallas, one of the few, and went away to school at Auburn. I'm a huge college football fan, and I'm really hoping we have a season this fall (laughs) in light of all that's been going on. Um, But I moved back to Dallas after school and uh, didn't mean to stay here. And many people would say I live in the wrong state because I Love everything outdoors. Mm. I'm a huge snow skier. Love to kayak. Love to be out in the mountains. I love winter and fall. And I, y'all, I do not need much sunshine in my life. I love <laughs> a ra- rainy, dreary day. I didn't know all that about you. Yes, it makes me really happy. That's so you really are now. in the wrong state. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love to create. I love to sew and love lots of crafts, but I'm never get very proficient in any of them, and most of them go like halfway done. And I guess the other fun thing about me is my favorite role right now is just that of aunt. I have two nephews and a niece that are under six, and they're my favorite people. Well, Lindsay, tell us a little bit, because we've had you on here today to just really help us help women see singleness as the gift that Mm. it is. And I know you're really passionate about Mm -hmm. it. And so tell us kind of where that passion comes from and, and why you feel passionate about communicating this. Yeah. Well, I guess it... It's really good for the audience to know who I am in, in relation to this topic. Sure. And so yeah. it's important to say that I am single. I'm 42 years old. I've never been married. I don't have any kids. The last time I had a relationship was 21 years ago, and I've had less than 21 dates since that relationship ended. So this is very near and dear to my heart. And God has used singleness to reveal to me who he is. Mm. that he is good and he is worthy of my trust, um, that he is faithful, uh, he loves me and he never leaves me. And I just, in my journey, and I hope that they see today as I share it, just what getting it wrong, what not knowing who God is and not seeing this gift that he's given us, how he defines it, how that impacts your life if you don't get it right. Mm. Um, and most of my life, that has been the, the case. And But 
but, but he's used this gift to show me the greatest gift, which is who he is. That's so good. I think the passion in your voice is so evident because these aren't lessons that you see other women learning. These are lessons mm. that you have learned yeah. in your relationship with the Lord. And I just love the opportunity that I had to sit down and listen to your story and just relate so much to it as a single mm. woman. So I would love for our listeners just to hear that story as well and uh, would love to just start by walking through your early years. So tell us what your view of singleness and marriage looked like from a young age up until college. Yeah. So from a very young age, I'll just start with telling you that I came to know Jesus as my Savior at a young age, about five years old. And I really didn't know how to have a relationship with him. And that's going to come back to be an important point. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I, this God I couldn't touch and couldn't see. I didn't know how to, to cultivate that. But from my earliest age, I can remember how I felt about singleness and marriage was that's all I ever wanted was to be a wife and a mom. Like, I didn't want anything else in life. I didn't want all the degrees in college. I didn't want to climb a corporate ladder. That's everything that I wanted. And everything around me reinforced that as the goal. And really, actually, even as, like, potentially God has promised that to you, Mm. which I now know is not true at all. But that's kind of the lens that I was walking with is this is a desire that I have so my view of God was, this is a desire I have, so you are therefore going to give it to me. And uh, why else would you allow me to have this desire? So, you know, so the fairy tales that I would read and watched reinforced, the prince is going to come and pursue you, right. and that is the goal of life. The church, there wasn't, um, there weren't any faithful older singles in the church that I ever could see. Um, there were young adults, and that was appropriate because this was a season where they were trying to find the person mm-hmm. they were going to marry and spend mm-hmm. the rest of their lives with. But older singles, it was um, it was like there was something wrong with them. There was a reason they were still single. Um, and many of them, I think, looking back now, they were probably very bitter. Um, and so that's why they weren't in the church. And don't you think specifically, I don't put words in your mouth, but what I saw in church was that that stereotype was reserved more for women than men. Yeah. Like if there was an older man, it was like, oh, he's he must be really adventurous and he's sure. still sowing his wild oats. But when we got to females, it was kind of like, there's just, there's probably something wrong, mm-hmm. which is an unfair stereotype. Did you deal with that or did you see that at all in churches you were watching? Yeah, I, I probably, um, I just didn't see any of them really. Right. So I didn't, I didn't have anyone to look at as mm-hmm. this was a viable option and potentially... God's best for one's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, this is a really subtle thing, but even the like the prepositions that people use, I think that's the right word. I wasn't very good at grammar or anything, <laughs> but they would say when you get married yeah. instead of, well, if you get married or that's okay, that guy broke up with you because when God brings the right guy into your life, you're going to know. Or when we plan your wedding. That's good. Um, mm-hmm. And so I remember, I mean, I got bride magazines when I was a kid. I would go to the grocery store and buy the bride magazines and would look at them and pick my dresses. I didn't have my wedding planned out, but that was like, that was my goal. And that was what I knew was going to happen in my life. And so, you know, so moving on, I had a few boyfriends in high school and college that ended, I, like I said earlier, 21 years ago. So early college years was the last time I had a boyfriend. None of those relationships were pure they were very selfish and it was all about me validating being validated as worthy because I just longed to be pursued longed to be chosen 
Um, and, and so when I wasn't being pursued or chosen, man, I lived in this fantasy world I created in my mind of scenarios. I remember going to bed and creating scenarios in my mind of how a guy that I had a crush on was going to pursue me and how our relationship was going to start. You know, and so what I realized looking back on this time is that I didn't, I didn't know who God was and you know, back to, I didn't know how to have a relationship with him. So I didn't know who he was. And someone asked me once, um, Hey, what's your favorite character trait of God? And I looked at her like, what are you talking about? Mm. How am I supposed to know that? And who knows that? I didn't have an answer. And so what was happening in this stage of my life is just these, these lies that I was believing about who God was and what he had promised me or hadn't promised me um, were being laid. This foundation for um, just a lot of pain mm. to come in mm. the future years. Um, because I didn't know who he was. Right. So you're starting to realize these things and understanding, hey, I know God, but I don't have a relationship with him. I know of him, but I don't Mm -hmm. actually know him. So now moving into your 20s, how did that influence that season of your life? What lessons did the Lord teach you there? Yeah. Oh, my 20s. I was a huge (laughs) mess in my my 20s, 20s. which probably most of us are. Um, the Lord was really kind when I kind of moved back from college, moved to Dallas and got to be part of uh, the local body that we're a part of now back then. And he, um, that's where he really started to do some work in my life and to um, start to reveal to me for the first time, hey, you don't know who I am and you've been trying to live this life as a Christian all in your own strength and you don't understand what grace is. So I didn't understand his grace and I just am a natural performer. And, and so was just trying to perform to earn his favor. And, um, so he just unearthed a lot of things in, in that season, that decade of my life here. And, but so there were a lot of good was happening as I'm starting to learn how to have a relationship with him but I'm still believing a ton of lies and um, a battle began with me and the Lord and just a fight. Um, anger and bitterness was growing as I longed to be pursued and thought I was doing all the things I needed to do to put myself in the right place to find him at church. I was serving and, you know, they always tell you, hey, look to your right, look to your left and find somebody that's running alongside of you and that you want to link arms with and serve God the rest of your life together. And that didn't happen. I was serving. looking. I know. I was like, I'm, (laughs) I'm being faithful. I'm serving all over the place. Lord, I'm being faithful to you. I thought now looking back, I'm like, Oh man, I was I was such a mess, and I can't believe I thought you know so highly of myself. You know, the sin of comparison was all around. I looked at all my friends that were getting to move on to the stage of dating and marriage, and I just was like, they're more than a mess than I am. Why, Lord, are you giving them this? Why are you letting them be blessed with this thing? The only thing that I ever wanted, and so I just would cry out to the Lord, like what is wrong with me? What, why aren't you giving this to me? Um, why are you holding out on me? Um, and I, uh, there would be pockets of seasons of contentment you know, in air quotes with my singleness. I think that really was because I didn't have somebody I was interested in, a crush in at that time. Um, I don't think it was real contentment. And so it just began to build and build and build. And I continued to go to my fantasy world and to crushes and just live there. And from that, you know, really throughout this whole time, the 
sin of lust and masturbation was my go-to um, place to cope with what the Lord wasn't allowing me to have. Mm. So that seems like that kind of hit a little bit of a boiling point for you at some point. And I can understand too, that's a part of my struggle and my history mm. as well. It's such a false, um, empty substitution for even just the pleasure that the Lord has for us. So how did that kind of reach its boiling point for you as everything was building up? Well, it, um, it, there was a crisis moment for me. I was 31, so we're a little out of my 20s, and I was in my community group uh, meeting with the girls, and I I don't know what happened. I think they were pushing to you know help me to process some things, and I just blew up at them. I mean, I was screaming and yelling, <laughs> um, and I think some cussing was happening too. Ah! Like <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was so bitter and enraged and angry, um, you know, at the Lord. And I was done. I, I literally was done. I remember saying, I don't want anything to do with him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good thing was that uh, I did have a relationship with him. I did have the Holy Spirit that was there. And I had his people who were walking with me and just faithfully walked with me Um with their compassion and grace and help me um, just to walk that path and, and fight through it with him. So I didn't run away from the faith, um, but it was a good chance to dive in deep and see really what was I believing. Right. It's Lindsay, it is such a funny picture in my head <laughs> to picture you like probably on top of a couch, like pointing your finger and screaming because y'all, this is one of the most docile, kind hearted, (laughs) like, you know, tempered speech people that I've ever been around. So it's, it's actually just a quick plug for you had people in your life Mm -hmm. who received all of that and loved you anyway and loved you enough to let it be Mm -hmm. what it was and loved you enough not to let you stay there. And so from this crisis moment until now we get to today, you know, 11 years later, how has this chapter of your life taken that turning point and started to look different? Yeah. So uh, my community group is just filled with very wise women who, who have walked before me in this in singleness. And so um, they really uh, helped me see how I was running to broken cisterns. And so God has... Um, spoken through Jeremiah, and he says, hey, Israel, my people have committed two evils against me. They have forsaken me, the living water, and they have hewn out for themselves broken cisterns that can hold no water. And so um, they, we really dug in there to see, like, hey, here's all the things that you have been idolizing and running to and worshiping other than God. Um, who is the stream of living water? I'm, I'm settling for brackish rainwater mm-hmm. when I could have the stream of living water. And those things can never satisfy. They can never fulfill. They're created things. And only God can satisfy and fulfill. And so um, just really began to dig in there. And um, one of the truths that I learned through their friendship is just, hey, it, Every time we run our own way and we don't walk in God's ways, there is a deeper root issue of a belief problem. Right. And and so there's something I'm not believing about God 
every time I run to the crushes or the fantasy world or to lust or not believing about who he says I am. And that was, that seems so simple, but it was really foundational for me. And so I'm going to attribute this to Paul Tripp. I think he's the one that said this or where I heard it first. But it's this idea of like, so I had my correct theology of who God was by this point. Like I knew his character. I knew he was faithful and good. Um, but I had a street level theology is how Paul Tripp, I believe, says it. And, and that's proving what you really believe. So when I'm living my life and making my decisions on the level of the street, right. that's really what I believe is true. Mm. And I love how you said it because it's, it's, it's not complex, Mm-mm. but it is hard. Yes. So even though it's simple, because it's like literally as you're talking, I'm like right back to the garden. Like yeah. what Satan whispered to Eve. Yes is does God really, not whether or not he was real, but does he really have your best interests Mm -hmm. at heart? And I think that applies so beautifully to your story and so beautifully to so many other stories, mine included, where I'm like, am I going to really believe that he is who he says he is? Yeah, and so I got to, in this last decade or so, I mean, it's just been a season of learning more of who he is and really learning to trust him. So I say I believe this, but do I really trust him and and really believe this? And so, you know, he's used um, Hosea's story um, just at the end of it where Hosea says, hey, the the ways of the Lord are right and the righteous walk in them. And and so I got to I'm learning, learning, I should say I'm learning still because I I this is I'm not I haven't arrived. Mm-hmm. So these last 10 years have been beautiful, but they've been also full of a lot of heart. Um, and so I am learning that God's ways are right and that I really do want to walk in them because I've gone the other way and that doesn't lead to life. And then Hannah's story in first Samuel is just, um, I know beautiful to a lot of us Mm -hmm. of just these deep desires that she had that were unfulfilled, that she trusted God enough that she laid them bare before him. Um, and that built an intimate relationship with him and she walked away Nothing had changed in her circumstances, but she walked away from being in the presence of the Lord and was refreshed Mm -hmm. and full of joy. And later her circumstances changed, but then she gave Samuel away back to the Lord. And so she didn't get to keep that child she got. Um, And so that's just been a beautiful encouragement for me of, hey, God wants to know um, my deep desires for for marriage. Like, I still want that. Mm. Um, But... He is the thing that satisfies me. He's the, he's the gift that I'm longing for. Joy is found in his presence. Um, and so those have been beautiful truths to learn in this season. Um, something, you know, so I was saying that it's been hard to, and every year that goes by, I have to grieve um, the fact that one more, I'm one more year closer to not being able to biologically have my own children. Mm -hmm. So there will be a day when that's not a possibility and I'm closely approaching it. And, um, and it's appropriate for me to grieve that. Um, but it is, it is, it is a loss and it is a hard part of carrying this, this story. That is so beautiful. Lindsay. Mm -hmm. thank you for letting us into like the parts that the Lord has ironed out in his grace and drawn your satisfaction to him, but also to the parts that are still a little raw and still a little hard. And I think even just you saying that out loud, it feels sacred to just be able to trust and hold it with you. And I see also Hannah in you because 
what I love that you said is her circumstances didn't immediately change. And right now your circumstances haven't changed, but I do watch you and I see your perspective Mm -hmm. within your same circumstances has changed. And so how would you say that the Lord's just redefined singleness for you? And how do you view it now that he has changed your eyes? Yeah. There's two really important things that I've learned here and, and really in the last handful of years. Um, the first one is just this idea that, um, I, I've gathered from Sam Alberry. He's a, a Christian writer and, and teacher, and he's also single. And um, this is the first time I really saw this um, was in his writings. Um, you know, we hear a lot about marriage as uh, it reflects the gospel. And, it ref- and he would say that it reflects the gospel in, in its shape of Christ's marriage and relationship with the church. But we never talk about how singleness reflects the gospel mm. and he it. yeah and and in his words are hey singleness reflects the gospel in its sufficiency um in a way that marriage can't um christ is ultimate um marriage isn't and and i get to go without um something that i deeply desire and the world would say you should have um and it gets to reflect who christ is in a way that I only, only I can uniquely do as a single. And that's really like, that's an honor. Like I've started to see, he started to help me see it as like, Hey, this is a gift that I've given you, Lindsay. I've entrusted you with this gift to steward, to bring him glory, to magnify his name. And that has become as, as much as I still want him to give me the gift of marriage. Like it truly is an honor. And I, for as long as I have it, I want to steward it well. Also on the perspective is God's just really allowing me to see like, hey, this world is not about me. It's not about my comfort and what happens here on the 85 years that I'm or plus that I might get to live. Um, It is about knowing him. He came to reconcile us to to him, to prove to us, to allow us to see him for who he is and know that we could trust him. And so my job and my purpose here as a believer is to know him and then to help others know him so they can be reconciled to him. And so everything else that happens in my life, it really doesn't matter much, right? Because we're living, our home is in heaven. And so that's really doing a work on me right now and helping me to see like, hey, I can go without being married on this earth because heaven's my home. Yeah. Um, and so when I live with that perspective, man, um, I have contentment and joy and gratefulness for this gift. When I get my eyes off of that, and I do often, it is not a good thing. Lindsay, I love hearing that. I love hearing how the Lord has so deeply impacted you through the lessons that you have learned about singleness and how he has shifted your perspective. But I think what would be really encouraging for women who are listening to this now and in the season of singleness they may be thinking, gosh, she has really learned a lot and I don't even know where to start. And so we know that you didn't just arrive here and you've even said, I still haven't arrived. But what are some small steps of faithfulness that single women can take today? Yeah. I mean, I think it's first just start to pursue him, pursue knowing him. I think that is the foundational thing that we all um, should be doing no matter what our circumstance in life is, is just get in a women's Bible study, uh, study his word, get in a class that teaches you how to study his word if you don't know how. Um, And just, and as you approach scripture, approach it like, hey, what is this telling me about who God is? Um, And then 
start to dig get the your community group if if you have one or the believing women in your life around you and start to um, look at the choices that you're making in your life and say okay I went my way here what is what is the belief issue at the root of me choosing to do that and just start asking those hard questions Mm -hmm. like what do I believe and why do I believe it Mm -hmm. and how does that belief impact what I do today yeah so good what about so that would be a great place for women who are single to start what about you know, I think obviously there's so many women in different life stages who can learn from just the beauty of the patient, consistent belief that you've allowed yourself to develop for the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would tell women who are in college? Like you, what would you tell your college self? What would you tell your young adult Lindsay or um, anybody who's out there married with kids of just what's something we can take away from this? Yeah, I think identifying what your idols are. Um I was driven by the idols that I worshipped, and um, man, I wasted years. I was serving the Lord, but gosh, I, He could have been so much more effective through me if I, um, if I had surrendered those idols to Him, like truly surrendered them. And so I, um, I, I, I thought I was surrendering them, but I really wasn't. I was holding on to control, and so I think that would be something that I would say to my college self. Um, and just learn to trust him. That is beautiful. Like, don't don't waste the years of not trusting. Start. And I love, too, you have to ask some really hard questions yeah. in the midst of that. Like, if you do this, then are you still good? What advice would you give to kind of women of every life stage out there? I get to serve with older singles. And um, something that I've noticed is that, I mean, they're bitter just like I was. And they are isolating. And they also don't believe, many of them, don't believe that they are needed in the body of Christ um, because they don't have a family um, and for many reasons. And so I would just say to older singles, man, the body of Christ needs you. Uh, you, if you are faithfully walking with him and you reflect his sufficiency and everyone in the body needs that and we need your gifts to be be used and so um i would say to stop isolating jump back into the church and give of your life and share it because um, married women and single women need need to hear what you've learned from the lord singleness is a gift it, it is. truly is i don't need that gift receipt anymore always <laughs> <laughs> taking it back and god is worthy of our gratitude for it it is a good gift we don't need to be rolling our eyes at him for it and we need to be grateful to him for it well Lindsay, you're a gift thank mm-hmm. you so much just for putting your your heart and your life and your story on display uh, i truly believe that the women listening are going to get a chance to just ask ourselves some really good questions and ladies for those of you listening we just really pray that wherever you find yourself right now in the midst of grieving pain joy whether it's elation or sorrow that we would see even that as a gift from the lord because as we say around here all the time if dependence is the goal then weakness is an advantage and thank you lord that our weakness forces us to run to you and run to your throne room and know that you're going to meet us there so Lindsay, thank you for just the chance to get to see, uh, shine a magnifying glass into your heart and see Mm -hmm. the faithfulness that's there. Oh, Lindsay, thank you. Callie, thank you so much. Ladies, we're so glad you were able to join us today, and we hope you were encouraged. Um, That is all that we have time for. If you want to learn more about The Collective, you can visit our website, watermark.org slash collective. 
and follow us on Instagram at watermark underscore collective. Be sure to share this episode with someone who you think needs to hear this today. And if you have any questions about this episode, if you have any prayer requests, any way that our team can serve you, feel free to email us at collective at watermark.org. And we'll see you next time on the Collective Podcast.